Well, good morning. Welcome. Was that me? All right. Um, turn me down just a little, and then I can shout louder. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, hey, I'm really glad you're here with us, especially if you're a, a guest with us. My name is Paul Rasmussen. Good friends call me Raz. That's inevitable when you have a name that long, so you can call me whatever you want. I'm used to hearing a lot of different things, so... Um, but I'm really glad that you're here with us today, and uh, I want to give my welcome to you, and also out on uh, line, welcome in, and uh, glad you're here with us as well. And um, so we've been in this gifted series, and uh, it's been amazing, at least for me. I, I, our small group has, has done uh, our small group around the gifted series, and hopefully you guys have been experiencing some amazing things as well. I found it interesting that... Uh, when uh, Jamie and Dee, our, our two uh, um, co-lead pastors, took off for Israel, they, they left me with um, hospitality. That's why I'm going to teach on the gift of hospitality this morning. You know, they're, they're doing prophecy, words of knowledge, healing. I get hospitality. <laughs> so since they're not here, I'm going to go ahead and teach on prophecy, healing, and uh, we're going to have a great time this morning. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm going to teach on hospitality. In fact, I, I was talking to the Lord about it, and he, kind of, he chastised me, as the Lord does, in a really gentle way. And he said, I'm going to show you how important this gift is to the church. And so I'm really excited, actually, to share with you about hospitality this morning. And so I'm, I'm hoping you're ready to go on the ride with me. And uh, so we're going to look at what hospitality looks like and really how important it is in the kingdom. So, as we've stated with all of our previous gifts, and I think this is absolutely true, is the Lord will, and we know this from Scripture, the Lord will gift us in certain areas. However, that doesn't mean that we are, we can not do something if the Lord brings it into play, correct? Again, I like to use the example, if you're at your work, and someone's been watching your life, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, I just see that you live differently, and, and I know, you know, and you just seem so joyful, and these are such weird and hard times, and you seem so joyful. Gosh, you know, why is that? <laughs> You'd be like, well, hold on. Uh, let, me, let me give you the number of one of the evangelists at our church, and he's going to come share with you the gospel, right? That's weird and awkward, right? So as we look at any of these gifts, you know, we're not, we, we, have to walk in them as the Spirit allows us to. And so I think that's a really important thing to just begin to think about. But it's also important to think about what your gifting is. And so there's going to be some of you here who have a gift of hospitality, which is very important as we work through that. So we're going to talk about that. And I want you to go on a little journey with me. I haven't been up here speaking for a while. And so those of you who are newer here might not know this, but I personally get tired of hearing me, so I enjoy some feedback from you all. So I'm going to start there actually today. And I want you to go on a little bit of a journey with me. All right. And what I want you to do, I'm going to give you just about 20 or 30 seconds here. Is just in your mind's eye. Maybe go ahead and even close your eyes. In your mind's eye, I want you to think of a place that's hospitable, hospitable to you, like, like where you feel loved, where you feel welcomed, whether it's a, a, a house or whether it's a, um, you know, a, a business, I don't know, a church, just for just a second, I just want you to kind of go there, even maybe when you were a kid or even last week.
Okay, does anybody have a place like that? You got it in your mind? In your mind, you do. Okay, good. Anybody else? Just kind of got a place like that in your mind. Okay, what are the elements that you're experiencing there that cause you to think it's a place I want to be? What are some of the elements? Just shout them out to me. What is it? Love. There's love. You feel love there. Acceptance. Acceptance. I feel accepted there. Awesome. Smiles. Did somebody say that's great? Exactly. Peace. Peace. You feel peace there. Absolutely. Welcome. That's right. What else do what you feel? What is it? Comfort. And there's my favorite over here somewhere. There you go. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Good. What, what else? Anything else you can think of? It feels like home. Oh, that's good. It's a place that you kind of just kind of can come into and feel comfortable. It feels like home to me. I understand. I went, walked into a church that way one time. I walked into a church and began to worship, and I literally turned to my wife and I said, I feel like I just walked, I just came home. You know, so it's not even just people, you know, individual places, but it can even be that type of thing. Well, that's really good. I, I came up with some of the things, same things. Joyful welcome at the door. Uh, being from Colorado, a good fire is really nice in the wintertime, right? Um, the smell of coffee or food, uh, just a sense of peace, comfort, that's what you guys said. Being, and, and being served. You know, it's, it's amazing, right? When you come in and someone wants to take your coat and then they're, they're ready to give you a coffee or tea or whatever. And um, another thing I've found with places like that that I want to be is that people, when you're in, a, in, in that type of a hospitable situation, you want to be there early and you want to stay late. We actually, as, as a small group leader, we actually use that as one of our indicators of whether we're having successful small group or not is when people just want to stay, and they want to stay, and they want to stay. <laughs> Sometimes we're, as we're getting older, we don't enjoy that quite as much as we used to, but, um, but it, it just means that people want to be there, right? So, uh, good. That's the kinds of things there are. Let me just uh, share a couple of my uh, journey things with you. Is I remember, um, you're going to like this, David. Uh, I had, uh, when, when I was a kid, I lived in Colorado, and my mom's parents lived in Arcoma, Oklahoma, which was a very long drive. So we'd go out there a couple times a year. But my mom's aunt and uncle, so my great aunt and uncle, were named Tom and Nina. And I, that first time I met them, I, I, that's, that's his, uh, his parents, God, God rest their souls. And, uh, and though I loved my grandparents, they lived about, about half a mile up the road. And as soon as my short little legs hit the ground, I was taking off for Tom and Ninus. And so when I would get there, there was always the smell of cookies that were happening there. And she would invite us into the kitchen and, uh, you know, milk and cookies and all that. She would let me go out and help her, uh, you know, take the eggs from her chickens. And then uh, Tom was funny. He was a funny guy. He would, he would always say, you know what, I, I don't, what do I got in my pocket here or something like that. He'd pull out a pocket knife and he said, whatever I've got in my pocket, you can have. And he'd have five bucks or whatever it'd be, that type of thing. Well, I just couldn't wait to get to their house. And uh, as I got older, I realized I was kind of just journaling some stuff of, of, of where I've come from and, and where I'm at now and what God's been doing in mine and Julie's life. And uh, I remembered something really distinctly that the Lord showed me. Is I remember being in high school and I had just begun to learn to play guitar and learn to do worship. And we had this small group, and, uh, or, you know, it was a youth group, but it was pretty small at a small church. And one of the parents of one of the students 
said, why don't we have youth group at our house? And there was something about it that I knew I, I can't even explain it. That was just really powerful. As I remember, even in my mind's eye right now, pulling my guitar out of, at that time I couldn't drive, out of my mom and dad's car and walking up the drive and I could, this, again, this is in Colorado, and I could smell the smoke from the chimney and going in there and I still even remember the house. It was a split level house and the, and the living room's right here. And it was so sweet the way the Lord met us there. And it was the kind of, and the mom was, was so uh, wonderful and inviting. And just the, a little, maybe 10 person, 12 person youth group, we would just begin to worship the Lord. And that's where I first began to lead, peop, lead people in worship, lead my peers in worship. And uh, we had some amazing experiences there, but it began with that parent saying, why don't you guys come to our house? And I, and I realized, I said to Julie one day, I said, I realized, I think that was where God began to, tweak me not just on worship but also on home groups that it's a really beautiful thing to to be a part of something like that so um the, the, i just wanted to throw up the definition of a uh, of what is uh, Miriam says is hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests visitors or strangers and you will actually see in scripture a lot the word stranger used often it's other believers who are traveling but sometimes it even speaks of those who are outside of the faith, so, which is kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, before we take a look at um, the, kind of the main, our main scripture and the scripture that we've been in this entire time, um, I, I want to I set you free from sort of a Western mindset a little bit. One of the hang-ups we sometimes have as we're going through these gift lists is we get so caught up in, was well, this this type of a gift or is this this type of a gift? What's the word of knowledge? How is that versus, you know, a, a, a prophetic word? And then, you know, and we get all bound up in stuff. And I, I don't know if I'm in this category or that category. Well, the last few weeks we've been basically talking about serving types of gifts, right? Generation generosity and service and and uh, and in this case hospitality so um, I, I liken it like this now again I'm a little bit older so some of you probably won't know who I'm talking about um, but one of my favorite guitar players uh, um, I really discovered in probably my 30s was is a guy named Chet Atkins and um, he's amazing and thank you for a couple thumbs up around there so those of you who know Chet Atkins is he is he hillbilly music is he country music is he jazz? I mean, if you're a jazzer and you watch him play, you're seeing nothing but jazz chords. But then it's sort of rockabilly, you know? <laughs> I think the spirit's a little more like that. It's like things weave in and out, and we move in and out, depending on what the spirit's doing. So I'm going to set you free a little bit here, and just let's not get hung up on too much on this. Don't think too hard about it. Let's just see where God's going to take us in this thing. Let's don't do the little tiny boxes and box everything up, okay? It doesn't, the kingdom of God doesn't work like that. So let me pray for us, and, and we'll take a look at uh, the scripture. Father, we love you. Again, thank you for worship. Thank you for the opportunity to come to you and experience your presence, and hopefully get a greater picture of who you are, and thank you for your word that does the same, and then it begins to transform our minds where we become more like Jesus, and we give you thanks, and we give you praise for that. Thank you, Lord. And even as we're praying now, Father, I, I do ask for mercy for all of our family in Israel and, and uh, that, whole, that group. And, Father, I ask for safety for them. I ask, Lord, for the negative COVID tests. I pray that everything would go really well and that they would discover you at a deeper level uh, there. 
And uh, we just thank you for that opportunity for them. And I pray, God, that you would put it on our hearts and even give us words for them that would be encouraging. And uh, Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go take a look at this. Uh, am I, is that, I, I'm having issues, aren't I? You guys want me to switch? Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, Romans uh, 12, 10 to 13 says this. Love each other with genuine affection. And now, it's interesting, this starts off with just, just saying, this is this love. Let's just love. You know, right? It always kind of comes back to that thing, right? From Corinthians, the resounding, gong, banging symbol is what it is when there's not love involved with it. So he says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Do I have this scripture up? I don't have this. You guys? Romans 12. All right, I just wanted to, I just wanted to see if, you got, if, if we had it in front of you guys. My bad. Okay, so rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now, this is the last sentence of this. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. And then it says, always be eager to practice hospitality. And that's, that's the New Living Translation. I really like that. It says it that way. Always be eager to practice hospitality. You know how Jamie keeps, keeps hitting us on the, you know, be, be eager, go hard after his spiritual gifts. And I'm seeing that same kind of attitude here as Paul is writing here in Romans. Um, this is kind of funny. Julie and I came into a little bit of money, and so we thought to ourselves, you know what would be really nice? We have a flat, paved backyard. And we said, well, you know what would be really nice would be to have a, a hot tub back there. So we kind of went to do a little bit of hot tub shopping. And man, those things range and all kinds of stuff. But we thought, you know what? We're Norwegians and we have three boys, so we want the big hot tub. And uh, five isn't going to be enough, maybe like for eight or something like that. Plus, it would be fun to baptize people there if they got saved at our small group. So we're kind of looking at these, and I forget where we're at, Watson's or somewhere. And man, they had a salesman there that should have been selling cars. I mean, this dude had the white shoes and some gold chains going and a little bit of chest hair. I mean, he was bringing the game. And uh, so he starts us at the lower, and he starts to move us up a little bit. And he goes, oh, well, gosh, that's not the saltwater one. You need that one. And, you know, he's kind of working us. You know, and, and then it was kind of funny because he was talking about how much he loved his hot tub and how awesome it was. And then he says to us, I kid you not, he says to us, he goes, you know, you don't just buy a hot tub. Hot tubbing's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's playing a little reverse psychology on us there. It's like, I don't even know if I can sell you one if you're not committed to it. You know what I'm, that, that's what I'm sort of feeling, you know. It's kind of like, even if you got cash, I don't know, man. Are you ready for this lifestyle? Because I come home every night and I'm in my hot tub. So it's pretty funny. We, we still laugh about that, everyone. We didn't buy one, by the way. <laughs> every once in a while, we, we, still, we still laugh about it and we see a hot tub. And I'm like, baby, are you ready for a hot tub lifestyle? You know, so <laughs> So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, found that, I found that rather fun. So, actually, what I, what I want to talk about for the rest of the time this morning is a, is a, lifestyle, a lifestyle of hospitality. So, we're going to talk about a lifestyle of hospitality. So, I've got five things that we're going to talk about. And the first, I'm going to be, I'm just warning you ahead of time, I'm taking you fairly quickly through the first few. So, don't get too excited that you're going to get, you know, to 
Golden Corral before everybody. We're not, I'm going to hold you up at the end. But uh, anyway, so a life of hospitality is a thankful life. It's a thankful life. Now, again, I want to come back and say, I feel like this is for all the gifts, okay? It's a, it's a thankful life because our motivation, and this is important in the church now, our motivation for doing these things, whether it's being hospitable or any of these things, is gratitude, appreciation, and love for our Father and what He's done. He's given us access to His throne, right? To His grace through Jesus Christ. And then not only that, but He says, I'm going to fill you with my Spirit, which will teach you all things, which will lead you to Christ, help you remember, and will bring peace and comfort and all these things. And so literally, I, I, I don't think I'm overstating it to say that anything that we do in the kingdom needs to be from that place and that's what will actually uh, sustain us. That'll, that's what will actually give us strength and power to continue in things even when things are difficult. Alright? And so as we look at this I think that a, a hospitable life is a thankful life. And I will tell you this, number, number one, part of, actually, I, I kind of was joking about it, but part of why Jamie and Dee did actually give this to me is, is because I don't know that I have as much of a gift of hospitality, but my wife has an amazing gift of hospitality. And we've, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But I will say this, I will tell you, I think, and those of you who have this gifting will know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't think you need the Holy Spirit any less to do this than any other gift. And the reason I say that is when you've had one of those days and you come home and you're working toward a headache that might be moving toward a migraine and you got a small group that night and you still need to vacuum and clean up the dishes and do that. I'm telling you, sometimes, you know, you have to lean into the Spirit and go, all right, Lord, I'm going to need some supernatural power right now to just get this done and get ready and then put a smile on and be ready to go so that the people coming to my home feel loved and they feel loved by you. I really, and those, who, who, who knows they have a hospitality gifting in the room? I'll point to some of you because I know some of you, but yeah, I would point to you if you didn't put your hand. <laughs> yeah, if you know you have a hospitality gifting, yeah, I'd point to Michael and Judy as well. And, and I'm right about that though, right? I mean, there are just some days, I mean, honestly, is my, any of my small group in the house? All right, if you're online, turn this off for a moment. There, <laughs> there, just mute your TV if you're online with us. Every once in a while, we'll look at each other and go, gosh, I wish we didn't have small group tonight. I'm just being honest with you. But guess what? We, when, when we suck it up, buttercup, and we ask the Spirit to come help us, and we have it, we all, I'm often amazed. You know, it's kind of like that thing when you get up in the morning and go to the gym, and you're like, why am I doing this? And then when you're done, you're like, why am I not doing this every day? So it's kind of the same thing, and I think that, 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 we want it, that the Satan wants to discourage us from it because there's amazing things that happen here. So it's a thankful life, and it requires the Spirit. Um, a life of hospitality is also an open-handed life. Now, for those of you who were here a couple weeks ago to hear Dee speak about generosity, I, I'm honestly saying, not blowing smoke, I think that may have been one of the best talks I've ever heard on generosity in my life. And I feel like this uh, gift of hospitality sits under that same thing, again, of service, is this. If you're a person of hospitality and you invite people into your home, stuff is going to get used. 
It's going to get broken. It's going to, it, it's not going to be pristine the way you like it. Now I've known, I've, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I experienced this once in Texas and once here in Ohio. Nobody in this church. But have you ever been invited to something and it's pretty cool? You're like, oh, okay, it's a birthday party or whatever it is. And, and, and maybe it's a real nice house or whatever. And you come in and you just feel non-hospitality. It's not that the person's not nice. It's just a place that's like, you know, it's like almost like there's plastic on the furniture. You know, one of those type of places that it might actually, not actually, well, it could actually have that, but it might not actually have plastic on the furniture, but it has that feel. You're like, kids don't touch anything. Don't, you know, whatever. And, and, and you can almost just sense and feel sort of a non-hospitality. But I, I think a part of that is, are we, again, are we doing everything with open hands? If I, am I saying to the Lord, this is your house, this is your stuff? And a, and a life of hospitality says the same thing we learned a couple weeks ago. This stuff doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. Let me say that again. That's good. Write that down. <laughs> it doesn't belong to me. The Lord is letting me use it for his kingdom. And some of you have some really nice stuff that the Lord's let you use in the kingdom. Some of you not as nice. It doesn't matter. It all belongs to him, Right? You can't get amen to that. Thank you. Exactly. Right? Now, since about the mid-90s when we started learning about small groups and what they are and how they work and everything else. Hey, would you guys do me a favor to bring me the handheld? Because that's really distracting me. If you don't mind. Because something's happening where I'm just, I keep, I hear it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll keep going while they're doing that. <laughs> so... um. Anyway, since about the mid-90s when Julie and I uh, learned about small groups and were trained in that and everything, whenever we, would, whenever we would buy a new house or we would rent a new house or you know, wherever we were moving, we, when we were going in with the, with the real estate agent, we always had the one non-negotiable. Okay, you know, how, you, know, you know how you play that game like with your friends or something? You're like, okay, so if you met this girl... Okay, what's the one non-negotiable? If she has cats, it's a no-go, you know, or whatever. Well, we had that one non-negotiable. Hot tub. Hot tub, thank you. No, <laughs> no if that were the case, I'd already have it. Now, wouldn't have to see the salesman. So our, our one non-negotiable, and we could walk into a house, and sometimes we'd walk right back out. We'd be like, yeah, this isn't going to work. As soon as we walk in the door, is it big enough to have a small group? Is the living room big enough to have about 12 people in there really comfortable? And maybe the kitchen has to be kind of big too because all of you know who do host that half the people end up in the kitchen as well. So that, would, that was always our like non-negotiable criteria. Would a small group work here? So here in our, uh, here in our house, we moved down here to, I call it SOMAD, sounds kind of cool, South Madisonville, I like it. So we moved to SOMAD. And uh, about six years ago, and uh, we 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 really love it. But in the in the six years in the house we've we've been in, I, I'm I'm not exaggerating. We've replaced two carpets in in the living room because they've just been worn out. And just recently, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Brendan. That was making me crazy. Check. All right, let's get rid of that and. Okay, so um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've repl we and just recently 
our nice leather furniture, which we bought the first couple months we moved into the house. Like our, well, number one, our couch, like, you know, you sit in those couches where you can't get out. So that, that's happening already. So in, at my age, that really becomes a problem. And then, the, then uh, just recently, though, uh, the right side of our couch, just sort of the end of it kind of broke. And it was just, nobody was jumping on it. Nobody was getting crazy with it. Do we just, it kind of happened as somebody was getting up and, and it broke. And I'm not saying that like, hey, 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 aren't me and Julie great? Something like that. Look, it's not your stuff. It's open-handed. And, and, and guess what? If we're going to live a hospitable life, you can't want to say, this is mine. I hope it doesn't get hurt or ruined or anything. That, it doesn't work. If we're going to have a hospitable life and live in that way. And so that's just kind of, I'm just kind of laying it out there for you. And, uh, you know, Dee has been our, uh, uh, one of our, our co-lead pastors, Dennis, has been a wonderful example of this type of a life. Now, now Julie and I have known him almost 12 years now. Many of you have known him much longer. And I'm telling you, I think I can count the number of months on one hand that he hasn't had someone living with him. Him and Marianne. You know, I, I, and those of you who know him know that's true. I, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's an amazing lifestyle of hospitality. Now, uh, the next thing, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this in terms of hospitality, is it may actually be an indicator or a sign of maturity. Did you ever think of it that way? This is really interesting. When Paul is trying to get his churches right, and he's speaking to Timothy about Ephesus, and he's speaking to Titus about the uh, uh, Crete, church um, both th this comes up in both places so in 1st Timothy 3 2 hospitality is actually seen as as a trait of an overseer or a deacon however you lay those out overseer deacon it's obviously a leader in the church so it's like oh by the way one of the things you'll see in a, in a person who should lead the church is hospitality it's right in there with does well with their children you know, treats their family good, is, is, is honest, is kind, isn't a drunkard, and so on. And then guess what? Same thing in Titus. Titus 1.8. Hospitality is the trait of an elder. I, I just thought I'd never seen that before. I really had never really thought that much about it. Now this is one, this, I'm going to give you a little side note on this, and this is sort of interesting. And especially in light of those of you, we have quite a few people in our church who are really involved with social justice things, or involved with um, helping those who are poor and on the fringe and so on and so forth in society, and, and, and which is amazing. But this has been one of those scriptures that's really interesting to me. In 1 Timothy 5, 9 and 10, I think I do actually have that one. Uh, do I have that one actually to see? Is it where we can look at it together? No? Okay. All right, just checking. All right, so let me read it for you. I do have it here for you. It says this. Now, now what's happening, I do want to give you a little bit of back, a little quick background, is what's happening is there's, this is going to, this is talking about, it's called the list of widows. And what it is, is there are widows, there's no social security, there's no, you know, government checks coming to anybody. So the churches take care of their widows, which is what we're called to do. But there's, but what Paul's laid out here is a thing called a list of widows. And so there's some criteria to it. And part of the reason is, is there were many younger women who were widows who, who could give more into the community who didn't want to. And so he actually sort of lays out this list and says, this it says, no widow may be put on the list of widows unless she's over 60. 
has been faithful to her husband and is well known for good deeds. And then he just sort of goes through a list of good deeds. Somebody who's lived a godly life, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and so on. He's just, just like he did with, isn't that interesting, with the widows. He's laying out some of the same things he lays out with overseers and deacons and elders. It's like this is the kind of lifestyle that we want to serve this person and make sure that they are cared for. So there was actually a bit of a challenge there. And, and even some, I'm assuming then there were some widows who couldn't get on this list. And they were very purposeful in keeping them off of it. I, just, I don't know. That's just an interesting and sort of strange side note. But, uh, but I do find it interesting that one of those things, again, is hospitality. So it can be an indicator of Christian maturity. So one, a life of hospitality is a thankful life. A life of hospitality is an open-handed life. It all belongs to the Lord. A life of hospitality can be a sign of Christian maturity. All right, and, and then fourth, and this is where I want to spend a little bit of time, and this is where the Lord really, really got me, is hospitality is an adventurous life. <laughs> now, I know you're like, really? How about that? Well, maybe I should have told that to the hot tub salesman, like, bro. <laughs> if you want to live life, you need to live the hospitality life. I mean, it is an awful, awesome, awesome life. So I just want to look at a couple quick examples of this, okay? So um, in Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, now this is what it says. The Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained what? Do you guys know? Angels, right? Some have entertained angels without realizing it. So guess what? If you're not hosp hospitable, you miss out on angels. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm just believing the word here. I mean, we're people of the word, and we believe it. And so that kind of happened with Abraham, didn't it? Abram and his wife, right? They entertained angels, and the Lord came and spoke to them, and all kinds of amazing things happened to them. But it's so interesting. Don't forget to show hospitality. And this is one of those that says to strangers. For some have entertained angels. And then uh, in Acts 10, you might remember this story because it was a really uh, a, a transformational story in the New Testament church in terms of non-Jews becoming Christians, okay? And it's the story in Acts 10 where Simon uh, stays at a house of this uh, Simon, Simon, of another Simon. He's named Simon the Tanner. And so Simon Peter stays at his house. And we don't know necessarily, you know, how long or whatever, but he's there and that's where he's living. And he has that amazing vision. Do you remember that on the roof? And he goes into this, he's just the day of the Lord, it says that he's praying and he has this amazing vision. And in that vision, then he gets a word from the Lord that someone's going to come and want to take him over to a centurion's home, a really honored guy, and, um, you know, and, and just see what happens. I mean, really, he just says, go with him. And so uh, let, me, let me just kind of just go through a few of the things that happened in that story, okay? So, and, and, and let me back this up. Now, if someone's staying with you at your house, you usually are in relationship and in communication with them. Maybe not always, but for the most part, right? Like even if you've stayed at a stranger's bed and breakfast, right? You come down to the breakfast and maybe they're like, hey, so what'd you guys do yesterday around St. Petersburg, Florida or whatever, you know, and, and you have some discussion and that kind of thing. Well, 
the things that happened here at Simon the Tanner's house, just think about this for a second, okay? It's amazing. So, Peter gets a vision. Then some guys come from another prophetic vision that's happened at the centurion's home. The Lord has spoken to him to go find Simon Peter. So these Italian soldiers show up, and he knows they're coming. Peter does. And he goes down, and then he goes with them. And then when he gets there, I don't know if you know this story or have ever seen it before. Again, I'd encourage you to read it in Acts 10 if you don't know it. When Peter gets to the centurion's home, who's a, who is a godly man but doesn't know Jesus, the Spirit falls on them before Peter can even finish the gospel story. And they began speaking in tongues. He and his family and other even neighbors, it says that he's invited in there. Okay, so this soldier, his family, even neighbors, servants, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. They receive Christ, and they get baptized. So they go through the whole full thing. Wouldn't that stink to miss out on that if Simon the Tanner said, no, nah, I just don't have room for it. Nah, my bed's kind of a nice new purple mattress bed. I don't want you wearing it out. So isn't that amazing? Because I say this, Simon... The tanner got just as much as we talk about the L1233 account, just as much in that as Peter actually did because he gave him a place to stay and he loved him. Isn't that amazing? So that's why I'm saying sometimes the life of hospitality can be a very adventurous life. So uh, another story of that is Acts 28, 7 through 9. I'm just going to read this to you. There was an estate nearby. Uh, oh, let me, let, me, let me back up just for a quick second. Is This is one of Paul's times when he's traveling, and he's been shipwrecked, and he's struggling, and he basically he just, they need help, okay? So, again, it's a, remember that one of the first scriptures we looked at is when someone's in need. Okay, so I'll start there. So there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. So they're on this island. And he welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, now, his being Publius, his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. Okay, let's just stop right there. Your father is sick in bed. And all you did was say, yes, I want to give you a place of welcome. Come, come and enjoy what we have. It's for you. And his dad gets healed. How awesome is that? Hold on. We're not done yet. When this had happened, that, his, that uh, Publius' dad was healed, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Testimony got out about it. And guess what, they, what house they used for that? It wasn't the local synagogue or church. It was this guy's house, Publius. The rest of the sick on the island got cured. Does anybody want to be a part of something like that? I, yeah, I, I do. I think that'd be amazing. That's why we have Monday Night Smogger, man. We want to see God show up and do some amazing things. Are you, are you seeing how a life of hospitality can be an adventurous life? Isn't, isn't that just amazing? Well, we've got some of our own. Uh, Julie and I have some of our own stories of that. Um, they, he begged me not to tell on him, but I'm going to tell on him anyway. A, another couple is one of our elders in the church and his wife 
Judy and Steve Sessler are super hospitable. They're, they've they've always been that way. Sorry, Steve, if you're watching online. Even have a beautiful picture of you guys up here. But uh, one of the things that Steve and Judy did for us is when we were working on uh, when we were working on the, the album Dangerous and Beautiful for Revival Town Music is we had an engineer and a musician that we really wanted to use in Denver, and um, and so Julie and I traveled there a number of times. And Steve and Judy have a place there so they can be close to their grandkids uh, who are there. And they just like freely gave, sometimes they were even there vacationing, but they're like, we don't care. You guys come and be here. And they just had that type of an attitude. Well, in their case, and it may not be a big deal, but I know we enjoyed our time together with them. But every night, Julie and I would come back from the studio. We'd have more tracks on there, or we would have changed things or whatever. And literally, Steve and Judy heard this album before anybody else heard it. Because every night, we would sit around the fire, and they had a Bluetooth thing there, and we would just play and go, well, what do you think about this one? And he, oh, her voice is amazing. What about, you know, and they, and they actually gave some input to it as well, which was really wonderful. And so, it, you know, really, honestly, it was just the fellowship and love that we shared with one another. But, you know, but they got to be a part of what we were doing. And, um, and uh, yeah, I've just got, like, a couple pictures up. Like, this studio is a fantastic studio where they've got gold records and platinum records and so on. And, uh, and we wouldn't have been able to do it. We wouldn't have been able to afford to do it if Judy and Steve had not done that for us. But then they got to enjoy something from it as well. Let me go to the next. Thank you, guys. I'll go to the next thing here. I'm going to next uh, slide. Okay, so I'm going to explain a few of these people here. And I want you to see... A connection of hospitality. And again, God's such a good God, isn't he? Because he takes things that are difficult. He makes them wonderful. He takes things that we like, oh, this isn't any big deal. And then it becomes a big deal. And so I'm going to share a couple of, I just want you to sort of see a chain of this. And I want you to kind of see this. Uh, this gal in the red dress here, Rita, and her husband Bjorn. They have a beautiful uh, home in um, Bergen, uh, Norway. And we went there on a trip uh, with EMI, with the Pings. And uh, she invited about 15 people to stay in their home so it could just kind of make the cost better. And we were there just for a couple of days, uh, maybe even just one day, if I remember. But uh, number one, obviously, we got to enjoy knowing her and her husband and the friendships and so on and so forth. But the first night that we're there, she says, oh, let's worship. You know, let's worship. She, she loves to worship. She's a worshiper. And so we just began to worship together. And, and that night, God's presence came so strongly that I want to say maybe three people were healed of significant issues that night. And then just the God's presence was just so powerful in the room as we worshiped together and in the house as we worshiped together. And she was so excited and so joyful. And so that's how we kind of got to know Rita and her husband Bjorn. But then through them, we met this other lady, Meta. Now, she's been here, uh, here on the left and then on the right here. She's been here to our church. Do any of you remember Meta? She's come here to visit a little bit. You can't forget her if you meet her. She's, she's, pretty, she's pretty awesome for an American, but she's a Norwegian. So in Norway, she's like Elvis or something. She's off the chart because she's kind of crazy in a good way. And, uh, but, but, um, but she, Meta is, Meta's, we didn't know this, but Meta's kind of a superstar there in, in Norway, in the Christian circles. And Julie happened to be in a group with her, uh, for our EMI deal and, uh, got to know, and got to know her really well. She fell in love with, with Julie 
And so when we were getting closer to her home in Stavanger, as we were traveling across Norway, she said to Julie, she said, come to my home. I want you to come to my home. Well, I didn't know this. We learned this later from Dave and Pam. But in those countries, it's really a big deal if someone invites you to their home. They're not quite like Americans where I think we tend to be quicker to do that. However, what they want is a deeper relationship, sort of similar to Israelites, where it's like, if I'm inviting you to my home, it's really a big deal. And we learned this too, is kind of there's an idea that if I've invited you to your home, it's, like, it's really what Jesus is saying in Revelation 3.20, then I would sort of expect to be invited to your home. So they're really saying, I just want to be a really good friend with you. And so um, Meta and Julie really hit it off. And so she invites Julie into her home, and they just had a good time and enjoyed, you know, you know time together and whatnot. But uh, later, a couple years later, uh, Meta comes to Cincinnati to go to another EMI training. And so we hosted her and kept her at our house. And again, this now this is a person, part of why I showed you this on the left is... Um, is she's actually at the largest Christian festival. Oh, in fact, sorry, this is how we sort of found out kind of who she was. We happened to be there on what's their version of the 4th of July. It's actually called Norway Day. And we found out she was the main speaker for Stavanger, one of the biggest cities in Norway. Like she was the main person speaking that day to crowds, you know, of, uh, about Norway and, you know, whatever, kind of giving a big speech type of a thing. And then here she is at the largest Christian festival held in Norway. It's called Awasa. Um, which, uh, uh, and, and she's hosting, and she's, you know, she's like the main MC for it. And then I found out last year, she's actually the head of the entire thing right now. So she determines if Michael W. Smith coming there, and, you know, whoever's coming, and all that type of a thing. So then you go back one, if you would. In there? Could you guys go back one? There you go. Let's just sit right there for a sec. Okay, so, so, I'm not trying to overplay her. I'm just saying she's kind of a superstar in her country. And so she comes for some training. Well, she's, she loves to hike. She's kind of an outdoors person, kind of crazy. Well, I'm, I'm a dog. Julie and I are dog people. And I think a person who's probably like an outdoors type of person is probably cool with dogs. I mean, I just sort of like, I feel like that. Like they would kind of be that way. Well, she gets to our house and we find out she hates dogs. So we're going to be hosting her for like a week. And if any of you guys, and if you, any of you have met Peyton, he, he, he thinks he's a lap dog poodle, and he weighs 105 pounds. So he wants to be next to you at all times, at all moments. She is so, she does not like dogs so much that her friends, dog, her friends know to keep their dog away from her, and their dogs stay away from her. Because she yells at him and tells him to stay away. Get away from me. She, her friends back in Norway. And man, me and Jill, we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got we to do something here. You know, we were all upset about it. Well, as I said, she's a runner. And so she, I don't know what got into her, but she determined, all right, well, I'm gonna, she's, she's into it. So she's going to run in the dark, you know. And so in the morning. And so she decides to take Peyton with her, I think, for safety or whatever. Well, the first day she goes running with Peyton, she, she ends up in places I don't even know what there are around here in Marymount. I mean, down in the farms down there. and I mean, just all, all over the place. And as she's coming back, she was lost. She actually got lost. She wasn't sure where she was at to come back to our house. I mean, she'd only been there that night and then left the next, ran the next morning. And she just told Peyton to go home, and he let her home. 
<laughs> and so I was kind of like, okay, all right, we can, you know, we can kind of do something with this. I don't want to make, uh, you know, this too long of a story, but, but I, will t I will tell you this. This is really significant what happened. And it's funny how God uses, uses things, even dogs is she just kind of daily kept growing closer and closer to the dog. Well, like I say, she had a reputation for this, even among her friends, of not liking dogs. So, even, so she's starting to put stuff on Facebook with her and Peyton. And her friends are like, what? What's going on here? Come on now. You know, you don't like my dog, but what's happening? And blah, 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 that kind of thing. Well, here, guys, here's what happened, and this is really, really powerful. The Lord, she, she, she had that thing with dogs, like some of us, maybe not you in this room, but some of us do something like this. Well, I'm Italian. That's why I'm angry all the time. You know, or I'm, you know, I, I'm this way. I'm Irish, so I'm da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Whatever you want to put in there, okay, for your thing, all right? And the truth is, is if we really know our identity in Christ, we're what Jesus says we are. And stop doing that, number one. <laughs> so you're just speaking garbage over yourself. Okay? But she did that about dogs. She said, oh, I don't like dogs. I'll never like dogs. Blah, 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 blah. Well, the Lord uses dogs. He spoke to her in this, this small, still voice. And he said, you've made that determination about yourself. And you have many other things like that. And so I can't teach you anything that I want to teach you. This is like a superstar in the kingdom over there in Norway. And he said, you do that with other things too. And you need to stop doing that because I have things I want to teach you. But you've determined that you're this way and I need you to be this way. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> I, she wept. AMI. She told us all about it. And then Dave and Pam were talking. I mean, the Lord just broke her about that. Isn't that something? And we got to be a part of her transformation and becoming more like Jesus. It's an adventure. Because we let her stay with us. And even kept our crazy big old dog <laughs> with her. So, in our home in the last 26 years, you guys, I, we have seen salvations, baptisms, supernatural healings, prophecies spoken and fulfilled. We've seen repentance. We've seen demons cast out. Leaders developed. Kairos moments around scripture and conversation and worship. And most of all, we've given and we've received love. So life of hospitality, it's a thankful life, one. Open-handed life, two. Indicator of maturity, three. Four, it's an adventurous life. And finally, it is an important life. And this is part of why God showed me this week and helped me understand why he says that thing about not putting down those lesser gifts or less seen gifts. You know? Ask a soldier who's lost a foot, which usually hides behind a shoe, how important it is not to have that foot anymore. Right? It's not the face, so we're not seeing, you know, his foot, it's covered up. But how are you going to do without that? You know, ask, a, you know, you see these big old football players, and they get the turf toe. So it's a bad toe, and they can't play. And, I, and God showed me that this week. He said, this is an important life. You know why? Because God himself is hospitable. That's his trait. That's his character. All right, you Bible scholars in here. When Jesus is trying to reassure his disciples and said, I am leaving you, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. Can you guys help me? Where's Jesus going? What's he going to do? Does anybody want to take a shot at that? He is. He's preparing a room for you on his father's house. He said, I wouldn't tell you if this if it was not so. 
Yes, he's actually going to prepare a place for you. That's God's character is hospitality. That's why it's an important life. Jesus, it's John 14, by the way, if you want to look at it. Jesus is preparing a place for us in his Father's house, a room just for us. And then we get in Revelation 19. There, here comes our food one, whoever said that. Revelation 19, we look forward to that. You know what that is? That's that feast, that big wedding feast that we all get to be a part of, right? I don't know how that works, but a great, it's called the, it's called the great wedding supper of the Lamb. I think where we come and celebrate what the Lamb has done for us. And God's preparing that for us. He said, the angel says to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. That's what it says. Quote, these are the true words of God. Jesus invites us to be hospitable with him, invites us into that. So I want to go ahead and just go into some time of ministry right now. And uh, I want to focus toward this just for a second. And uh, one of the well, I, I think I was just trying to hear from the Lord about how to move in this and, and what to do. And I think there's a couple of things. I think, one, there are some of you who are, really have this gift, gift of hospitality, but it's been dormant. You've not been using it. And so I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you today, encourage you back into that adventure. And, and, and again, we don't want these things to be out of guilting or, you know, God loves a joyful giver. And that means not just money. That's as we give our time and treasure and talent and so on. And so I want to encourage that. And so uh, I want to pray about that. And then there are some of you maybe have just never done this, but you're like, man, that sounds exciting to me. I'd like to be a part of that. I want to give you two practical things, and then I'm going to pray for you. Is one, there's a really great ministry, ministry that we have here where we um, care for each other, and it's uh, take them a meal. And so... It's what, exactly what it sounds like. When people have need, we want to just bring them a meal and, and help take care of them in that way. And so out at the welcome desk, if that sounds like something that would be interesting to you, out on the welcome desk, you can sign up for that and become a part of that group who does that, which is really amazing. It was amazing for me and Julie when we were really down with COVID and were really hurting. That was so, so wonderful and helpful. And some of you just brought us meals who weren't part of that. So that was amazing. And then secondly, talk to Jamie if you feel like you'd like to be a little more like me and Julie in this and you'd like to host a small group. So when, uh, when Jamie gets back from Israel, talk to him about that. Maybe you want to, maybe you've been even thinking, maybe the Lord's even put on your mind, you know what, I, in, in my apartment complex here, I'd really like to have a small group. Or in my neighborhood, I want to invite some of my neighbors over. Well, this is a good opportunity for that. So I want to encourage you toward that. And then finally, I think I said two, sorry, three. One more thing is EMI, EMI, Equipping Ministries International, who's housed here, who I was talking about that Julie and I went to Norway with, they have a school of ministry that comes here where people come from all over the earth. And, uh, and that's going to be in October. And they've not been able to do that for a while because of restrictions and so on. So October 21st, and th they're going to have people coming from all over. And it's a wonderful opportunity to house some of the students. So especially if you're around here, it's really nice or not too far from here. Um, so I want to encourage you toward that. And, and as we get closer to October, we'll remind you about that. But it's the 21st through 28th. So I just kind of want you to start thinking about that and see if the Lord would have you host someone from there. And there's been some, again, amazing stories of that where you get to hear about these Christians from other countries and what God's doing in those countries. So that's really encouraging as well. So um, let me go ahead and do this. I think uh, let's... Um,
Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to have everybody do this together. So if you, if you feel like you have a gift of hospitality and God has spoken to you this morning about that, but it's just been not been something you've been doing, or maybe even you were burnt out on it before or some, something like that, um, would you stand up? I'd just like to pray for you. Yeah, and if you're just kind of burnt too, maybe on it. I kind of want to, I think God's going to encourage and refresh in it today. All right, and then maybe if there are some of you who, who've not ever really done it, but you're kind of like, yeah, I, I'm in for that adventure. I'd like to do that. Maybe you go ahead and stand up as well. <clears throat> and the rest of you are sitting, let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and put out your hands towards them. And uh, let me just begin to pray and ask, because we want this to be from the Lord. God, we want this from you. We want it to be your encouragement toward us. We want this to be your spirit that's giving us excitement about what you're doing in the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I, I ask right now that you would, number one, just your spirit would fill all those who are standing before you and saying yes. And wow, that you would show us this quote-unquote lesser gift and how wonderful it is that you showed that to us. We thank you for it. So I pray, speak too with um, clarity. Father, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters to hear clarity of exactly how or what they're supposed to do. Father, that we're not running ahead of you and that we're not just, you know, running around like chickens with our head cut off, but it's something that you have for us very specifically. So I ask for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you for the adventure. It will be like Simon the Tanner. Get to experience you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then uh, some of you who are, uh, who've been already trained up on prayer team, why don't you all come on up to the front here? Uh, we're going to pray for people. Um, if you want to pray more about this specific thing, then come up and get prayer from uh, any of our prayer teams that will be up here, and, and I'll pray for you as well. But also, we want to give you opportunity that if you came in here today and you have... Um, you know, some sickness or something going on with your body you want prayer for, we want to pray for that, or emotional, or just anything that you, you came in here this morning that you want to leave without that thing, <laughs> then we, we want you to come up and get prayer for that as well. And so uh, everybody else, I'm going to go ahead and bless you to go, and um, let, me, let me pray a final prayer over you, and then um, if you could, maybe just be a little bit quiet going out, and then that way we we won't be too distracted if, if you, uh, people are getting prayer. So uh, come on up as I'm praying if you want to come up and get prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love over us. We thank you for your son, Jesus. The only reason we're even meeting here today is because you already gave everything. And so God, give us that kind of thankful heart, no matter what we're doing, that we're, it's pleasing to you, that, we, that we're, it's just a thanks to you. It's a worship to you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless all my brothers and sisters as they go out this week that they'll live lives of worship as it talks about in Romans 12. Whatever that might be, that we say yes to you, Lord, and that you would guide us out. Thank you, God. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and go if you're ready to go and come on get prayer if you need prayer.